0: everyone. Welcome to the Charvak podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. Um, today's podcast is titled Hindu Temple Freedom and Castism and to talk about it I have my very dear friend Harsh Madhu Sudhan Gupta. Today in person so that if we angry with each other we So Harsh um, before uh, we actually get into the discussion I will lay the background of why you and I decided to have this particular podcast or this particular discussion specifically uh so this is the background harsh had made a few tweets a while ago or harsh has been going back and forth on this uh issue for now some time i would say couple of years years. and uh, i've been making my own points on this uh, subject i've actually had anand has been making so recently harsh was um, on a space with anand and uh, first of all i actually commend you that was a great space that was a good discussion i could not tune into the whole thing but there were many questions over there in in regards to how temple freedom should be done what exactly it it, it means when we talk about temple freedom so today's discussion is inspired by temple freedom and then there is a certain section of uh, inside the commentary at uh, where we have reservations about temple freedom from different points of view. Uh, let's say one one point of view might be from, let's say, uh, a center-left to far-left Marxist perspective. There might be uh, another uh, perspective from which I would say, a, a hindutva free rider perspective i'm going to use that term and explain that term today what i mean by hindutva free riders and uh, then there is uh, a hindutva perspective now full disclosure i don't consider myself would be entirely hindutva because a i'm not formally associated or affiliated with the rashya swam sevaksang i just am a mere voter for the bharatiya janata party and uh, beyond that there were a lot of perspectives around it now to begin with, I want you to explain when you talk about temple freedom, what exactly do you mean by it?
1: So <clears throat> first of all, Bushel, it's very important for uh, me to clarify the outset, hmm. that, like most of us, I'm also thinking through these issues. Hmm. So the point is to kind of provoke discussion, if needed debate, so that we can actually get to some kind of point of commonality and consensus. in the mm-hmm. Yeah. I am absolutely and completely for freeing our Hindu temples. Okay. Uh, it's nothing new. I've written about it in my book, which came out three years ago. Mm-hmm. I've written about it in articles as early as 10 years ago or even earlier. So the question is not whether we should free Hindu temples, not at least from my perspective, mm-hmm. we have to remove them from government control. Okay. The issue is, okay, so what does the day after look like? Mm-hmm. What does, or even what does it mean to free Hindu temples? So my question, and I've discussed with uh, multiple friends, acquaintances, online, offline, mm-hmm. and my sense was that actually, we've not really thought through it in great detail. In fact, I googled, there's only one paper which I found by, uh, I think, retired Professor Ramesh Ji, or I'm forgetting his name, from IIM Bangalore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's only one paper which I found, which had an extensive discussion of this topic, and there are also certain issues were not discussed. Sorry if I'm getting the name of the professor wrong, um, but it is an I Bangalore professor. So, except that one paper, I did not, did not find any kind of systematic treatment of this issue. Uh, now, it is important, of course, to also emphasize before we begin the discussion mm-hmm. that if there is to be a discussion where there is uh, the opposite point of view or a point of view that some listeners or viewers may not agree with, and if that, that is dismissed as, you know, government though, temple free, karna chati kuki and this and that. Mm-hmm. So if you think, for example, the current BJP government mm-hmm. at the center, uh, which is, let's say, taking an ambiguous standard issue In some mm-hmm. assemblies, they have promised it. In some cases, they have not. It's never been a core issue. The way for example, 370 was, mm-hmm. Ram Mandir has been, and now of course, Uniform Civil Court. So it has never been a core issue. So if, if one's perspective is and some friends who I respect a lot have said that, that basically, the government doesn't want to let go of a patronage stream, etc., and and, you know, resources. I, I think if that's the point of view, there's not much more to the discussion left. I don't subscribe to the view at all. A government, which has booming tax revenues, which has done so many incredibly difficult and courageous reforms, sometimes had to roll back merely because some bureaucrat will get money. Therefore, the top leadership does not want to free into temples. For this reason, I don't find it persuasive enough okay so so it's so it's important because sometimes what ends up happening is we end up talking past each other okay i think there are core reasons from the point of view of Hindu tour which are concerning which need to be thought about what does it mean to free the hindu temple in whose control it goes what the word did have any negative repercussions positive to clear we know that for example if required transparency is there etc money will be used more for hindu causes money will be used less for either waste or for corruption or sometimes even mm-hmm. causes which are not aligned with the Hindu religion at all. Mm-hmm. I've written about that in the book with Rajiv, a new idea of India in chapter three, mm-hmm. where in some cases, money even went to abattoirs. Right? Like money went for mm-hmm. uh, Christian and Islamic causes. Yeah. So uh, extreme cases of abuse, but they're definitely there. So uh, it should be free. I'm at least taking the current government political stand on face value in terms of sincerity. Okay. And uh, so these are my two kind of starting axioms. I think if people on this particular point don't have a commonality, then maybe the rest of the discussion will sound a bit beyond the besides the point. So my question is to begin directly then. So, okay, let us say we are freeing the Hindu temple. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? My point is any free temple, so uh, any non-government controlled temple will obviously not be a for profit entity. Right? It will be a trust of sorts. There will be trustees, there will be fiduciary trustees with the responsibility towards that trust and temple. Who will the trustees be? Um, some friends have said, for example, if you remove the current government nominees, mm-hmm. then other then the current trustees can remain the trustees. Okay. Well, I mean, of course, there is one simple logistical problem that people, you know, eventually die. And there's a question of replacing those trustees. So unless those trustees are on an ex officio basis, that is they are of a particular, um, they are of a particular they are in that trustee position because of virtue of a particular office or uh, for example some ex-royal etc um, which we can discuss otherwise most trustees have to be replaced right so the question remains how do we select or elect those trustees and i think so far as i know there has been no discussion on this uh, because the point remains are we good yeah yeah, okay that's fine um so the trustees are have to be always there because it's very important to understand, Hindu temples historically have always been intricately associated with the state. Even before colonialism, all Hindu temples, at least all major Hindu temples, mm-hmm. were uh, a recipient of some kind of royal patronage. And therefore, even if they belong to a particular bar the word sect does not really apply to Dharma, but sect or pant or sampradaya,
2: Mm -hmm. There
1: was a certain kind of accountability or responsibility or kind of commonality with the larger uh, Hindu society around it. Uh, I think it's only maybe now that some NRI mandirs might be there, uh, made in UK, US, etc. Where they are, the large ones, I'm not even small ones, where they are, let's say, in a sense, fully privately controlled. And of course, the new mandirs which have been made in India and which may not be in the government. But historically, all large mandirs were under the patronage of one or the other royal dispensation. And therefore, there was a sense of, while of course you belong to a particular pant mm-hmm. or sampradaya, there is a certain kind of puja padati, a ritual you have to follow. All those things are very specific. It was nonetheless seen as a Hindu temple. The word Hindu may not have been used in that sense, but it was very much seen as the as a broader dharmic common commons, so to speak. So now if we want to revert, and it is right to revert because if secularism has to mean something, it, there has to be a separation between state and religion in the sense that we want to use the revert religion Hinduism as a separate discussion. So it has to go to Hindus. Mm-hmm. But then what? who are the Hindus who will in effect be in charge of that temple while being in that earlier sense responsible to the larger Hindu society around it? and of course there is a there is a kind of ritualistic aspect there's an administrative aspect i'm very clear the ritualistic aspect should not change one bit in the sense the rituals that are performed the the specific rites the puja paddhati that is done that should not change
0: but, so, but i i have to come here yes. when you say the ritualistic aspect does not have to change what if the uh, ritual the process of the ritual and the qualification criteria one of the qualifications criteria in the ritual is birth-based lineage.
1: To, I was coming to that. Let us say, just focus on the rituals as um, as what is being done to the deity in terms of oblations, in terms of sacrifices, in terms of a daily, uh, the daily calendar of rituals, right, which is being done. Uh, so whatever that is in that particular uh, mandir, in that particular sampradaya, mm-hmm. that should not change. I'm, I'm it should not be emphasized, but for example, uh, Vishnu Jain, who I enormously respect, his father, whose work I enormously respect, in that space with Anand that you mentioned on Twitter, mm-hmm. which of course does not get recorded. That's the point of the space. Um, I, I sense that he did not understand this point, that you know, rituals might be changed or rituals might be homogenized. Uh, that is not to be done in any case whatsoever. So I just wanted to emphasize that point. While not changing that, I'm asking genuinely with an open mind, how do we make sure that this large major temple which now reverts to Hindu society and goes out of the Indian government or the state government's control is in some way connected to the broader Hindu society? Because there are two major uh, apprehensions I have. One which you just uh, brought into the conversation right now. <coughs> One is birth-based caste. And again, people will say caste is not in Hindu word. etc. As in when jati gets mapped to Varna, right? Your birth base or hereditary system okay. uh, says that you belong to a particular Varna or you should belong to a particular profession or occupation or vocation and you should marry a particular or marry a while within Hindus, etc. That sense of caste uh, comes in and not only should there be no stopping of Hindu's entry on the basis of caste, any aspect of the temple. Including priesthood, but also contracts, of a etc., should not be on the basis of caste. That's number one. Number two, I'll come to number two and then I'll connect the two. The second is I do not want in any way with good intentions, all of us having good intentions, to incentivize any one pant or sampradaya to have an incentive to secede from larger people. And we might briefly discuss, and you know you might have more to say on that than me, the SGPC example historically in the last hundred years. So, and how do the two connect? I basically want to disconnect the kind of de facto link between Panth and the Jati that became traditional or orthodox rather in the Hindu system over centuries, if not millennia. Uh, there is no reason why a particular Jati should primarily be of a particular sampradaya or vice versa. Of course, nobody's stopping anybody from entering. You know, whenever I say I'm against hereditary, somebody says, you know, well, actually, that was also brought up in the space by somebody that, uh, you know, why there will always be some extremely good lawyer or doctor who others are kind of jealous of, etc. But that's the point. You know, a doctor's son or daughter can be a doctor, but a non doctor's son or daughter can also be a doctor. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, when I mean hereditary, of course, colloquially we say hereditary. What we really mean is exclusively hereditary. So, these being the two uh, primary concerns I have, where if we suddenly go, to a large temple which has been under government control earlier before colonialism was somehow interconnected to larger Hindu society through royal patronage. Uh, and most Hindu kings, even if they would patronize across puns, they might have favorites. If like would, some historians now call him Buddhist, some call him Shaivite.
0: After all, tribal uh, affiliations are always the there in every society. The reason
1: is because this, there was always overlapping affiliations. Uh, and not to mention this one final point for discussion with you is that you know, it's important to keep in mind I was going through a few survey more than 70% of indian hindus respond to not having a sampradaya or sect so to speak in mistranslated in english this is not to say obviously that we you know your family village you don't have a kuldevi or devta you don't have a personal favorite god or goddess nishta devi devta you don't have gram devi devta is also not to say that, for example, I call myself de facto smarta, uh, but I am not smarta in a traditional sense at all. I mean, I mean, I can't even enter the smarta, butterm in a certain sense uh, at a certain position. If I even if I was much younger, so, uh, but I consider myself de facto smarta because of the panchayatna puja concept, where you can worship multiple gods without negating any god while prioritizing one god, which I think is a beautiful, beautiful concept at the heart of Hinduism, according to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, the idea that one chooses to focus on one's uh, spiritual path as opposed to negating somebody else's spiritual path, according to me, is the true essence of dharma. So it's also important to understand a lot of common Hindus don't necessarily have uh, kind of a specific, strong, exclusive. uh, Exclusive is important. They might even have some kind of weak linkages or they have multiple linkages to a particular Panth or samprada. So, when the common answer is when without much thought is given, well, of course, the mandir will go back to that particular pant or sampradaya. Uh, and only people within that pant or sampradaya will take care of it. Uh, actually, that's not so clear cut. Um, and to the extent it's clear that it often ends up becoming one jati, unfortunately. So, my two concerns are actually interrelated. I do not want jatiwad in any format in terms of where the temple entry and any other function of temple, uh, the jati, the way we discussed it. And I don't want any Pant or Sampradaya to be incentivized in any way whatsoever. We already have bad enough rules in terms of Article 29, 30, you can discuss separately, already so many problems with Indian secularism, which are anti-Hindu in some fundamental ways. I don't want to add one more incentive for a new SDPC to happen. And the best way to do that conceptually is to de-link Sampradaya or Panth from jati. This is my primary concern, but as I said, I'm open to any idea whatsoever. If it means local Hindus voting for trustees, I'm okay for that. If that is logistically too difficult, uh, and we just form a law that not only will there be no casteism in temple entry, uh, but even in terms of pre-selection, there'll be no casteism, etc. If that is good enough for now, I'm open to discussing that. I don't have any hard solutions, but I do have hard apprehensions. While absolutely remaining for temple freedom? It is just that if you say it must be done tomorrow, then these two issues
0: need to be discussed. Okay, so so let me unpack that. Unpack that. So first of all, to summarize uh, what you are trying to say, if I if I misunderstood you, if in case you know if if I have misunderstood mm-hmm. you, so I, let me clarify this. So for you, temple freedom uh, at a fundamental means that the state should have no role when it comes to controlling Hindu temples. They should be out of it, right? Yes, that is that. So. Uh, But then what if a temple decides to stay, like in the case of Karnataka, there is a temple that wants to stay inside uh, the government control. Now, uh, when I asked, uh, in fact, I remember talking to Anand and Anand, I I don't know if Anand understood my question uh, or anything of that sort, but... uh, my simple concern is that when people say freedom, what do they mean by freedom? Freedom to me is a two-way process. Freedom should not only be the freedom to stay inside the government, uh, outside the government control, but there are many temples. Say for example, they may not want to stay within the temple; uh, they would want to stay within the temple control. Now, why is not uh, that an equally important plank of the temple freedom movement? I
1: think- it's a very good question. I think, if my memory serves me right, I think Tamil Nadu, HRC, the government Body Department, which controls the, the temples, there has almost 40,000 temples, uh, you know, under its control or administration. And around 90% of the temples, and I'm getting this data from the Tamil bangalore data, are are very small, very minimal, and donations or land whatever and you're right that in, in many of those cases there's a de facto cross subsidy from the larger temples to the smaller temples and some of the smaller temples and other officials for employees therefore want to be in the government service because they just get either more pay or more regular pay or it's kind of a quasi government job where they're unlikely to be fired. So there is that uh so which uh, a point which I forgot to mention in my opening remarks is we could have a multi tiered system. actually, mm. And one of the aspects of that could be, you know, just asking, uh, you know, who wants to, who does not want to. And uh, at least in terms of prioritization or triage of sorts, we can at least, those who definitely want to leave, we can prioritize those first. So it, it, it's just important to understand this will be a messy process. There is no, there's no need formula to. You don't press a button and suddenly the government is not there because that's just not how they have traditionally functioned in one way or the other for centuries now, not not just decades. Decades in this particular format under the Indian government Mm -hmm. or in state governments of the Indian Republic. But to be completely independent, some of the more important major temples, they've not functioned in that format. Um, Because, of course, historically, India was completely divided. We had local feudals, rajas, monarchs, etc. Even some of the Nawabs, you know, while they were otherwise Hindu phobic, perhaps somewhere else, in some cases they did uh, patronize some local temples. So whoever, whoever basically assumed the Indian sovereignty mantle locally, at least tried sincerely or non-sincerely to play that part of the sovereign role vis-a-vis the temple. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is a, this is somewhat new territory with the proviso, with the caveat there being that, uh, of course, in US and UK, we have beautiful Swami Narayan temples, etc., which is all completely. It's not like Hindus can't have large, beautiful, free Hindu temples, they absolutely can. It's just that the transition has to be thought out. Um, because we are talking right now not of temples per se, but temples primarily that is the focus. Of this. Okay.
0: But then, see. <laughs> This was one point that I could not uh, understand in, in the entire temple freedom movement argument that what if like it's such a simple thing. A temple should have the right to not only stay inside the government or outside both. So that was a major flaw I have seen in the entire temple freedom argument. Now I will say one of the things that I don't understand is already under the constitution there are enough provisions, harsh which say that if you are violating uh, um, are
1: for pastism, it should not be allowed.
0: No, no, like there are uh, untouchability rules and stuff like that, and you already have uh, things that deal with the caste aspect. Um, and uh, and
1: therefore, why is it required in my country? Free temples, and that was a very good question that many people have asked. Yeah, so is that broadly? So I'll answer that. See, yeah. um, you're right, there's Article 15, there's Article 17. In fact, there's Article 25 to be as well. Article 25 to be, if I remember rightly says that, you know, it should be for Hindu reforms, uh, particularly in the case of Hindu temples and mm. institutions, where, wherever they are of a public nature, they are to be thrown to Hindus of all classes. That's in the constitution, Article 25 to B, I I think. Um, so so there there is an element of t- religious freedom. There's also an element of Hindu social reform. Uh, specifically Hindu social reform inbuilt into the constitution, which in a very weird sort of way kind of admits that India is a Hindu Rashtra or even a Hindu rajya in this particular sense with the constitution that we're talking about. Um, so it's, it's, it's there. However, those words are open to interpretation. So the word untouchability, for example, is not defined. It's defined over time by case precedent, by, by, the, by laws and by earlier cases setting an example. Uh, so for example, right now, even today, when when there are a lot of, uh, there's actually a lot of casteism by so-called middle castes uh, against As in? Dalits in Tamil Nadu in terms of temple entry, mm-hmm. like local, well, technically they might be considered backward classes, but they are locally dominant agricultural feudal castes.
2: Uh, and in those cases, it has been
1: seen that, for example, at that temple, being under T and it was easier for the government, the state apparatus, to push back against the argument that it's a private temple. Because obviously, it's under the HRCU, it was kind of de facto established. There's on the ground reality of that. But even without that, that can be established. Secondly, there are cases going on right now, as we speak, about Hindus, Hindu priests, for example, the case of Sabri Mala, as well as the Tamil Nadu cases, which have now on Supreme Court, there's a stay right now, where <coughs> Hindu priests have said in Sabri Mala for example, TDB, only uh, Malayali, they mean it in a in a Jati sense, obviously not, should be made uh, the priest in, in Sabri Mala Mandir, even though in many other Mandirs that's the case, uh, but Sabri
2: there is supposed to be some
1: resistance knowledge example that case is ongoing and there are uh, people who support in court who have on the behalf of the opposition saying that actually this will uh, pollute the spiritual energy of the mandir
0: what is spiritual energy? I, I don't
1: know what spiritual energy means
0: because no, I have never understood what what somebody means by and I don't mean this in a facetious or a tongue-in-cheek manner. No, no I, I understand
1: what he's saying. In fact, Sabdi Mala Mandir, for Mandir, it's an Mandir, and uh, is you know, the, is considered to be the 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 child of Shiva and Vishnu in the group of uh, Mohini, if I'm not wrong, and uh, around that Mandir is uh, obviously, obviously, which basically means, you know, that you are you are that, that is you and basically it's an Advait kind of is uh, well. you know, imagine something as beautiful and profound as that and yet both the ground social realities with mm-hmm. no tribal. So, so my problem is if you suddenly now take let's say TDB today becomes free from the Kerala government and TDB becomes Overarching trust for many in what used to be so the princely state. Kerala has four, or five. There boards. Kerala so itself has been reorganized into one state, later, right? Malabar and so on and so forth. Uh, if you suddenly now remove the government control and you don't have any law requirement, there is absolutely no pressure point for this reform process, which is already under happening. It's actually in courts as we speak. That not only stops, but people who are speaking the word most loudly
0: uh, <clears throat> get to say basically now, obviously, there's nothing to be decided. I'm very serious. I've been trying to fix your voice, but I don't
1: think it's a position. I think it's simply that. Uh, <coughs> so um, so I think that's, that's the.
0: Uh, so, okay. But I still don't understand this uh, fundamental problem that uh, why would you have a reservation then in this case with uh, the issue of casteism is because my my counter to you would be if there are casteist concerns, right? Uh, it's very simple. There are enough laws on the book that deal with caste-based discrimination, then why do we need to worry about well, the, in the But world? I mean, if
1: there are laws, this case would not be in the judiciary right now. It's not just one case. Uh, For example, in in Agama-run temples in Tamil Nadu, whether caste can be a criterion for priesthood or not, the Tamil Nadu government took a position it should not be. Tamil Nadu High Court or Madras High Court supported that position. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a temporary stay on that by the Supreme Court just a few weeks or months ago. And right now, I think in a couple of weeks or so, the Supreme Court will hear that petition. These things are actually going through the judiciary right now as we speak. So, there is no settled law on this. So, one can take a position that, for example, uh, no matter what the conviction, that so long as temple entry is allowed, uh, if you restrict priesthood or other functions to particular castes, and actually, I mean, it need not be only Brahmins Vajati, for example, servitors in Jagannath Puri are from, from another caste as well. So, it's not just one particular Jati. And my proposition applies to all Mandirs. Uh, irrespective of the jati, although the law is, have been served. In so uh, the, the problem is what you're saying: the laws will take care of it. That prudence is not settled. Uh, the law of it is there; it's not explicit on this point, and uh, it's not hypothetical. It's not political. Look, a lot of people say, "What's a big deal, Harsh?" Know,
2: yeah. but isn't there a law that
0: states that uh, if you discriminate on the basis of uh,
2: um
0: caste. and there are untouchability laws on the books in india yeah so
1: the question is whether this will be considered untouchability in order untouchability applies only to temple entry etc what is the trade off between religious freedom versus <clears throat> the requirements of equality so these are exactly the kind of discussions or arguments that are happening uh, in the in the in the high courts of kerala tamil nadu elsewhere and of course supreme court of india as well so So this is not settled as of now. It might well be the case that it is settled in, I don't know, 4-5 years from now. As of now, today, it is not settled. End of 2023, it's not settled.
0: Are you sure? Because, okay, today, if somebody discriminates against someone on the basis of... uh, no,
1: so The the TDB uh, has a written requirement that the Sabrimala priest can only be a Malayali Brahman. See, you know, at least in the case of a particular family historically which was uh, you know, taking care of the ritualistic aspects of a temple. You can make some argument that this is a tradition that is going on. In this case, it is restricted to basically Kerala Brahmins. So you could be from the North Kerala, you could be from South Kerala, your personal Ishtadev or historically at least earlier your your Kuldevi, Dev, there might be somebody else. But you are eligible, whereas somebody, some other Hindu is not eligible. So this to me is textbook caste discrimination and this is officially required by TDB and it is right now being challenged in courts. So it's not something on here. It is in writing. Everything is going through the courts. So it's not clear right now that this by itself is permissible or not. That is exactly what is being adjudicated in courts as we speak.
0: Point number two then why not just add a law that you cannot discriminate on the basis of caste. Uh, and by the way, to the live viewers, I apologize. I think I've just figured out my mic is busted. So I'm getting uh, another mic.
1: Don't worry. I didn't say anything of great consequence. No, any. Yeah.
0: But the, no, because I just, <laughs> the mic is busted. I'm, I'm sorry because sometimes...
1: I, I, I think Kushali you're best for... Yeah,
0: I don't like you. Any idea. I, I thought we were
1: in Mumbai, so why not do it? In no, 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 but I think I,
0: I've not used this. No, no, on,
1: on a serious note, uh, yeah. So that part is not being decided yet. How do we go about? Uh, is this caste discrimination or not? Is actually the question which is being considered right now so there are many other aspects to it i mean no, 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 but let's first let say
0: me it. let me make the case what if i make a law that states that any temple that discriminates on the basis of somebody's caste or birth based identity that temple is in violation of indian law and the matter ends there
1: yeah for example in the very beginning i said one of the ideas could be for example having a law uh, you know kind of omnibus law when we "Quote unquote, free those temples, although of course it will happen state by state in, in reality is that we could simply say that no discrimination including on temple entry, including on priesthood including on any contracts of the temple that could be one way to do it that does in principle address my first concern, which I mentioned about casteism, it does not address my second concern, although it is a massive improvement over what is being discussed right now the second concern was um, a particular panth uh, effectively seceding from the larger Hindu dharma kind of umbrella fold. Mm. Uh, so which of course I mean it's very complex set of circumstances that happened in the case of SGPC and there also as we know that the entire movement is very much has a caste element in it. why um, so, uh, you know the Sikhs and their gurudwaras are separate and so on and so forth and within Jats and Khatris also in the Sikh religion there is, to that extent a divide not just in religion, but also in political views, especially on political views, uh, especially in the diaspora. So uh, so there is an element of that, but you're right that if you add law to the kind of temple freedom <coughs> legislation that henceforth uh, there has to be trans- transparency in auditing of financial records, all the basic things that you would expect, whatever is discussed. And one of the provisions is that there should be no caste-based discrimination in temple entry and temple contracts and temple priesthood while respecting all the ritualistic aspects of that particular temple um, and its history. I think that's that's a good uh, compromise, good trade-off. Um, I, I still think it does not necessarily link the temple to larger Hindu society, but it's it's definitely an improvement over what is being considered right now.
0: Okay, now let me try the new mic. <laughs>
1: So, we are doing this live, right? It's not recorded.
0: No, no. It's okay. A... I think everybody is... I hope now my mic is fixed and uh, people can uh, hear me properly. Because I don't know what the hell happened to my mic. Everything was working fine. I don't know. So There's something wrong. I don't know what is happening. But it is what it is. Anyways, so we'll live with it. Uh, now, I have my second question now. Now, there is the other concern that what if you separate uh, temples out and Hindu temples go out and then SGPC happens. That something like SGPC happens and they say we are not going to allow anybody whether they are of X funds, Y trans, Z fund, And this is only a closed door uh, thing in our case. Now, libertarian argument to that is so what? What is the
1: problem with that? See, the problem with libertarian arguments is very good. It applies to new institutions. <clears throat> you have some, some major mandir. I mean, a lot of people tell me, oh, if you have a problem with uh, you know hereditary priesthood in XYZ mandir, so why don't you start your own new mandir? And my my response to that kind of argument, because you know, in a way that's a libertarian argument, is it not? Start a new mandir or start a new panth or start a new uh, mat or whatever it is. And my point, argument on that is if that is true, then why was temple entry allowed for all Dalit Hindus in all temples, including existing temples? Mm-hmm. You know, people could have stood up there and then and said, you know, start a new Mandir. Our existing Prachin Mandir Usme, Hamare, I think they use the word Antiaj and Gandhiji use the word Harijan, but the term uh, the community now self uses is Dalit. So let's use that term. Technically, the term is scheduled castes. Uh, is, is that they were they were very clear that uh, all existing temples, the prohibition of entry or a separate path, or Bahar se dekhna, or equal tarikis ne chupanam, agar bakilok sparsh kar sate, bhavan koto, yelok sirfamne, jati karan sparsh nikar all those things were outlawed. Whether or not it de facto happened on the ground immediately, it did not. But it was completely, fully, explicitly, unambiguously made illegal. And then also, you know, Swami Karpatri Maharaj and other people kind of fought in Kashi. And they even tried to make a new Kashi Vishwanath Mandir. They failed. There's a big history there. Uh, but basically the idea this you should start your own new mandir or leave the existing institutions aside. That does not, uh, that does not answer the question which I have, I have posted on social media as well. You know, if tradition is so sacrosanct and nothing, not one aspect of tradition can be changed, then how has it that this aspect of tradition was changed, was junked, either that was in compliance with Shastras, uh, in which case, you know, the true traditionalist argument, the true orthodox rather argument should be to want a prohibition on Dalit Hindus. One should have the courage of the conviction to say that openly. If it was not in the Shastras according to your interpretation of that particular mandir, then why was it followed for centuries at the very minimum? And if it was not in the Shastras and was followed for centuries, then is it okay to say that everything was perfect with that hereditary setup and nothing should be changed? I mean, these are uncomfortable questions and some responses I've received have said, no, which way you do puja, karte, padati, karte aur karte, that is a core concern. Which mandir hosta is a relatively trivial concern? My point is, you know, fellow Hindus for centuries not being able to enter mandirs, if that is trivial uh, for you, then well, we have nothing more to discuss. I, I don't think that's trivial. So was it according to the Shastras or was it not according to the Shastras? And if it was according to the Shastras and it has been overruled and now you don't want that to be changed, why do you not want that to be changed? Shastras, Agamas or that particular ritual or tradition in that particular local mandir be a textual tradition, it may not be a textual tradition, but things were happening in a particular way. It got changed, you now accepted it, but you're saying don't change something else. So, so I always say, like, you know, make a two by two matrix one is Tory, Whig, and one is let's say reformist and orthodox. So, reformist and orthodox are points of view, it's a philosophical position about how things should be, Tory and Vig, or rather Tory, or let's say, conservative and radical are actually attitudes are not points of views. Basically that, okay, change change That's a classic small C conservative view. Radical is let's change everything. Sometimes you know for the sake of changing. So I'm not in this attitude business. I'm trying to understand from first principles if that can be changed, can this be changed? Is it is it core to the Sabri Mala Mandir that only only a Malayali Brahmin Jati member should be the priest or chief priest of the mandir? Uh, is, if if there is if somebody else Hindu who knows all the traditions, all the rituals of that particular mandir, has full Shraddha for the deity there, becomes the priest, will that be you know sacrificing the spiritual energy of the mandir? So I wonder is that core or not? Because that's the key concern, that's the key question here, because on that hinges the point of legitimacy or locus on how any religious discussion will happen
0: in this country going forward. My counter to that is, this is a very slippery slope. Then housing society, there are only Jain gen, gen housing societies. Then there are other kinds of housing societies that say we will only house X person, we will only house Y person. What is
1: Then we are going to create laws that uh, See, so the vegetarian <coughs> does not want to give a house to a non vegetarian. The question, is that Article 25 of the Constitution, also speaks about uh, Hindu institutions for public character. Uh, they should be thrown open to Hindus across sections and classes. If I'm not wrong, that's the language used. Of a public character. If you have a private mandir hai. Now, if it's an apartment complex and you have a mandir within the apartment complex, it's a gray area. It may not be of a public character. For example, if it is, as you gave the example of various societies. So the question is of a public character. For example, a restaurant to use in the temporal or quote unquote secular domain is a privately owned restaurant. But you cannot say that on the basis of caste, you are allowed to enter or not enter. You can say it's a vegetarian restaurant you can say it also serves non vegetarian food or it does not mm-hmm. you cannot say that simply because you are born in an sc community or only if you are gc you can come or only if you're obc that that is not allowed it's illegal in india so the question is of a public character and nature is the question it's uh, and and again we are right now not even talking of existing large private mandirs we're talking of existing mandirs within the government control and we're talking of ways to remove them from government control
0: I just find... uh,
1: So obviously anything is under government control is of a public nature by definition.
0: Yeah, but because this is a very slippery slope if you ask me, because the very nature of this journey, right, is such a slippery slope that where will we draw the line is my question. Where do you draw the line? Look, my outlook is very... See, I agree with you on every part other than the solution. We've always had this. So My point is that if there is a temple in society, That is casteist. Or that is even practicing these absurd sort of practices. Which I don't approve of. I will never say that this temple is a good good idea. Which says that there are some spiritual energies and that only Brahmins of a particular... uh, It could be any Jati. Let's not focus on it. Or Dalits of a particular Jati. Or OBCs of a particular Jati. Anybody for that matter. Only they can control that. I think it's a silly idea. But my point is... Fine, let the idea
1: die. See, the problem with your argument, Kushal, and the, and the reason I think my argument makes more sense in this particular case, is your point, which I understand, presupposes the Mandir is, does not belong to all Hindus. My point is, starting with the axiom that the Mandir belongs to all Hindus, which I even on a historical basis, as I said, they received not, not only donations from all Hindus who came and worshipped, but also from the uh, local royalty, which was of course acting on behalf of local Hindus. Right? So the if it is an existing private mandir, you can make an argument and we can discuss or debate on various nuances whether Chennai mm-hmm. do you know in the free market of Hindu ideas, some will work, some will not work. But we are talking of large traditional mandirs, which <coughs> in, in my supposition belong to all Hindus. Now, of course, it belonged to all devotees. Then my question then is like a devotee meter, exactly. I mean, how do you know who a devotee is? Exactly. Which is why, for all practical purposes, it belongs to all local Hindus. Now I'll give you an example. I might
0: not be a believer, right? But I support the Ram Mandir movement. So what am I? A devotee of Ram? Which is why I'm saying
1: this discussion is not very helpful. Uh, one way to just, you know square the circle is say all local Hindus now that is that by itself is arbitrary I totally only local what mla constituency mp constituency should there be some national hindu body is not state recognized but to you know be a bit naughty just say let's say the equivalent of all india muslim personal law board. <laughs> so should there be some hindu uh hindu body writ large which is not connected to the state which has some way of being accountable to hindu society uh I can think, elections is the only way I can think
0: of. It, can I give my opinion? Yes. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, right? I think what you want is that there should not be a situation where any temple says, because of an immutable characteristic defined by Indian law, a temple says, you are of X gender, you are or as Jati or Varna. And because of that, I will not allow you inside the temple because I think you so, are inferior. See,
1: first of all, sex or gender? separate of identity I discussed that also briefly on the space in fact in the Sabri mala 2018 judgment I think the only dissenting judge was Indu Malhotra. yes uh, being the woman she is the only one who dissented and actually she says in the judgment that you know this judgment is taking the kind of untouchability anti-touchability provision of the Indian Constitution and extending it to a new area of gender and sex mm-hmm. so that's what Hindu Mahalotra wrote. I'm just kind of summarizing it very briefly. And I gave I gave a temporal equivalent or analogy of that as well. Uh, for example, there's a restaurant. In a restaurant, you'll not be allowed to have uh, you know, say Dalits are not allowed, for example. Or XYZ Hindus are not allowed.
0: Yeah, In, but then should you be?
1: Uh no, absolutely. I disagree. It should not be allowed. I'm not a libertarian there. But in that same temple, and we all intuitively understand the different kind of identity axes, we have a uh, women's right. We, 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 we understand that is the different kinds of identity axes. So because you mentioned uh, caste or gender, I just wanted to clarify that because on Samarimala, I'm okay with the tradition of uh, requiring menstruating age women to not enter. Uh, I think that can be, for example, be discussed by the local trustees of the mandir going forward. I am not necessarily in favor of the state at large coming down on the temple saying you must change. Uh, do I have that opinion very strongly? Not necessarily, but I do think there's a difference between sex and caste. Sex so is a biological reality. Caste is not a biological. No, character.
0: but in Indian law, both are immutable characteristics.
1: Yes, sure. Indian law caste is an immutable characteristic for reasons of affirmative action. Indian law recognizes who? SC, ST, OBC, GC. ST and OBC can be non-Hindus. SCs are only of dharmic religions. And the residual or the negative list is the GC, what we we colloquially call to be uh, upper castes, so-called upper castes. And uh, colloquially, GC plus OBC are considered as savarnas, right? So there, for example, Indian law does not recognize you are Baniya by birth or you are Kshatriya by birth or you are Khatri by birth or you are Brahmin by birth or you are Kaisth by birth. It recognizes general category, a residual list. So Indian law does not recognize any of these things that we are discussing in terms of who will be appointed as a priest or not. Indian law only recognizes GC. On the other end, SC. So Indian law recognizes GC and SC for the purposes of affirmative action. It is not saying that these are biological realities. It is a legal reality for uh, some kind of reparation or some kind of remedial action for historical and present discrimination. However, imperfectly done, but we understand caste is not a biological reality till 1500 years ago, all Indians intermixed. It's a genetic reality that around 30, sorry, around 50 generations ago based on the paper, 50 generations ago, maybe during the late Gupta period, that this kind of endogamy congealed. But of course, sex is a biological reality. Uh, The basic unit of state policy, in my view, should be individual. But the basic unit of society is the family. Right? Families, historically, traditionally, even today, by and large, are a man and a woman. Of course, they're homosexual couples. That's perfectly fine. I think I'm all for love is love. But by and large, it's a man and a woman maybe their parents, historically the man's parents and uh, their children. If it's a joint family, otherwise a nuclear family. So we understand a family unit operates in a different way. And which is why we are okay with gender-based quote-unquote discrimination and affirmative action. We are not okay with a different kind of cleavage of society based on caste. So it's just not me, Sindhu Malhotra, who wrote that. I mean, I'm not speaking on behalf of her. I'm just giving an example. That on the Sabri Mala judgment, the descent was by Hindu Mahalotra. And she said, let us not linearly extrapolate from caste. Religion. Um, and for example, of course, in Hindu temples, I am okay if a Hindu temple says Muslims are not allowed to enter.
0: But how? Uh
1: no, I'm not logistically how you how you go through this. That's
0: also f- discrimination.
1: No, no, no. It's a, it's a Hindu temple. How it's 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 a place of worship for Hindus. I am fine with that, which is why I'm saying that different axes of identity. Religion is different. Sex is different. Caste is different. I'm also okay with a Hindu temple saying... I'm not convinced. No, no, that's fine. I'm also okay with a Hindu temple... You have to explain better. I'm also okay with a Hindu temple saying everybody is allowed. I'm not saying Hindu temples should say Muslims and Christians are not allowed. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Hindu temple can locally decide when Muslims and Christians are not allowed. And equally, a Hindu temple can decide that everybody is allowed or everybody is allowed up to here that's fine because if you if you are saying you are saying you're a muslim or a christian you're not a hindu so which is fine in my view which is why religion is different from caste is different from sex religion by definition we choose caste is something we don't choose but it's not a biological reality sex we don't choose and is a biological reality the three different kind of uh, categories. so if we intermix them there will be category error
0: Okay. Follow up. Then wha- how do you go about with this scenario? Let's say okay, priest should not be based on some based jati system. Yeah. Okay. Then how do you
2: go about
0: deciphering qualification criteria for no a no, priest? See, it's a very simple thing to
1: do. Uh, I'm glad you asked that question because when you whenever I say this, somebody says, Oh, the Harsh wants place UPSC exam for priests, or he's okay with a six-month train, no, I'm not saying that at all. If you require the priest to literally be trained in a certain way from the age of five, I'm okay with that as well, which means uh, many people currently may not be eligible, but theoretically their children
0: will be eligible. I don't want to misunderstand you. So what you're saying is that the qualification criteria should so be the same for of, everybody. Yeah, sure. So, no, let me yeah. understand you better. So there is a training school, right? Priest, it's a, Shala, that's right. it's a priest training school. Yes, the training school of how to teach a priest. All the rules will be decided by the school. They have complete freedom. Let us say yes. Yes, the only thing where you will draw the line is that they decide on the basis of birth. That you, cannot enter the that you cannot enter. That's it. Anybody can enter, yes. but you have to follow the rules of the yes. priest. Yes. That means a priest says ki, chicken aur, aur, no. hain, ga, not allowed, right?
1: So even exactly. Am so, I getting it right? Absolutely. So even if it requires 30 years of that kind of sadhana, I'm okay with it. So just I just want to take an extreme example. We I'm not for saying anybody will just suddenly say, I want a job, manage her training kari and now I'm a priest. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. So you have to go through the grind. Whatever, whatever is required should be required equally for all. Okay. No, no. Now I'm, now I'm on board with. You. If it is five years, it's five years. If it is two years, it's two years. If it's twenty five years, it's twenty five years. Okay. So, and if it means many people in the current generation or cohort are not applicable, that's fine. I'm okay with that as well. So long as at least theoretically, hmm. their children have a chance, then I can keep my head held high. Tell anybody, look around that no, there is no discrimination in our society. There is a way to do this. And of course, assuming he or she wants to go through it. Right? So, but to say that you're not allowed on the basis of your birth, period, I think there, is, there can be no larger injustice. And people who say this should just frankly call themselves Jati activists. Na? They should not call themselves Hindu activists. Okay, so what will be? There's the nothing wrong in being a, like a, jati activist activist and a, jati a Jati activist, is activist. Jati activist is obviously act, uh, being uh, doing activism effectively on the basis of a Jati. If you are saying a fellow Hindu who follows all criterion, criteria, simply is not qualified in the basis of birth. I don't see how, on that core issue, you can then after that call yourself Hindu activist,
2: hmm.
1: because you are not speaking on behalf of all Hindus. That's that. It's as simple as that so in the in once again i'm saying so in the name of tradition let us go through this very rigorously have things changed in the past yes or no why do you think it was not core was it being properly followed then or is it being properly followed now and if it was being properly followed then according to you and as well as properly now which means reform can happen yes that means reform can happen again yes then it has to come down on this tark on this on this well meaning argument that whether this is
0: core the practice of religion at large or that particular mandir? The counter to that will be reform comes from whom? Comes from society or no. from big government. No, no, I don't want it to come from government at all. I want it to come from society, which is precisely I'm saying it should come from these Hindu trusts. Oh, look, we have here Aja 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 Aja, aja. Look who we have here, Aja, join the discussion. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> We have Abhijit here Mitra aaj join kar mai mic no no, no he, he can speak here yeah. i am bringing another mic i am yeah. bringing another mic i am bringing abhijit tu tab tak bolna shuru temple freedom
1: no no Kushal and i we were just briefly discussing hmm. uh, i think we discussed for half an hour so
0: yeah, yeah yeah so abhijit is also there in my house for people who are wondering yes <laughs> yes, yes
2: uh
1: we just briefly discussing ha, I is a camera i think near. yeah, ah, okay. ah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes so we were just discussing that uh, i had two main concerns i want temples to be freed absolutely i just don't want any caste based discrimination hmm. and how we go about that i'm open to all ideas yes in terms of entry, in terms of temple contracts, in terms of of priest selection. Mm. So long as birth is not disqualification, I'm perfectly fine with whatever rigor and rituals are there. Nothing should be changed. Yes. And secondly, which we were going to discuss after this, as I was also very concerned. And that if you quote unquote, free the temple and give it to a kind of a narrow definition, understanding of Pantar Sampradaya, Mm. we might have a case like SGPC. Right. Happening in the future mm. because all kinds of false or wrong incentives are created. Yes, and I want the broader Hindu society to have some stake. Yes, or at least the broader local Hindu society to have some stake mm. because historically all Hindu mandirs received royal patronage, even before colonialism. Correct. So even though they were very much following a particular Pant or sampradaya and you know doing puja Padati, of particular deity, uh, by virtue of that royal patronage mm. and of course broader donations by the public, they were accountable to. Hindu society at large, hmm. and and those royal uh, families, which are often local small kingdoms, would uh, would a patronage across puns and sampradayas. Right. Uh, so there was this interlinkage which was re- which remained, but now under this kind of this modern state creation process, you know, sharpens all kinds of identities. Mm-hmm. So I'm very concerned, and I'm open to all ideas and rebuttals on this. Uh-huh. I'm very concerned that because of this, um, we might end up. In some way, not thinking this through,
2: yeah.
1: um, if you don't have some broader Hindu say, and we give it to a narrow group out of good intentions, yeah. and at least some of them end up becoming the next person, so that that those are the two broad concerns that we're discussing very specifically.
3: Right. So let me break this down. First of all, you know, till about a month or two back, I was all for uh, temples being returned to Hindus. Till I saw the kind of arguments that were coming out from a large section of that camp. Okay. Uh, Which is what? Which is that some temples need to be reserved for some communities. Which is a birth-based sort of exclusion, pretty much. Now, I can accept, I totally accept Shabarimala's uh, exclusion because that is crucial to the, the itihasa or the mythology, whatever you want to call it of that particular deity. okay. We discussed that also briefly. Right. Now, the problem here is you historically have a community that has a very troubled history of birth-based discrimination which is no longer sustainable in a modern age. Okay. A lot of the arguments you see are the same as in Jim Crow America, which is separate but equal. You can't have access to this temple. We will build you a separate temple and you can have access to that. No, it is access to the same institutions. You tell me, how is this argument not any different from segregation laws in the southern states of America? It's the same damn thing. It is the same rationale. Sure, it's dressed up in more uh, sophisticated and nuanced legalists because today the way it is done in America is it's called states' rights. Yeah. Here it is uh, Hindu rights. Do Hindus have a right to have their temple? Absolutely yes. But there are some social serious social concerns that need to be overridden. Now, this is much bigger than property rights. The way I see it is Hindu consolidation versus property rights. Okay. Property rights, why? Because you are asserting your property rights over a temple, and saying that it needs to come back to Hindus because too much of the money is being spent by the government on different other There are ways to overcome that. You can create an overall board which comprises different castes, whatever, to do it, where only it Hindus. is not abused, only Hindus, where it is not abused like it very frequently is by current state governments, viciously abused by state governments, incidentally, without privatizing it completely. The second is if this happens and it forms into SGPC, which is essentially a Jat-seek monopoly, they won't even allow anybody else
0: to... That's the tension he has. That's the tension you have raised.
3: Yes. Now, if you create that, what are you doing?
0: Ultimately, after something like 870
3: years, we have started creating movement where a Hindu thinks about a Hindu first and is caste and whatever later. You want to fracture that movement or fractionalize it, even if it doesn't happen, you've created the fault zones for it to happen, even before it has achieved its full political legacy. It is politically dangerous. It is existentially dangerous. And I'm sorry to say this, but it's become a kind of
0: a uh, you know nuanced version of bigotry through other means. Okay. Now, uh, I want both of you to tackle this issue also. I'm, I'm actually happy he has joined us, uh, which was kind of, uh, uh, you and I had discussed, if we're free, we'll come. I don't know what's going on. 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 You both are good. I So unfair. But anyway, I had to whine about that on the live stream. Mm. But uh, so,
3: So beautiful. So elegant. <laughs> it It is like the wow. <laughs>
0: Looking like a wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay annoying but it is
3: sounding like the wow
0: <laughs> Abhijit, shut up uh on a very serious issue there so i the other day i shared the definition with both of you privately also so i want to talk about this concept mm. of a Hindutva free rider okay now i'm gonna read the definition out uh, for everyone so that uh there is absolute clarity as to what I literally uh, mean, what is a Hindutva free rider? Because a lot of, uh, and I'll explain my entire point of view. Although, for the record, I still don't agree on the temple freedom issue because I just come from a libertarian perspective. You know, I always mm. come from a libertarian perspective. But so I want to talk about this phenomenon of Hindutva free riders because what is happening is this entire temple freedom movement has been couched as a hindutva movement mm. which it is not it in is, my opinion. it is
3: it is completely antithetical Antis to hindutva,
1: hindutva. Uh, Harsh, do you disagree uh, i would not put it so strongly as abhijit did okay. I'm, I'm i'm still very much in favor i don't i would not even put it in terms of property rights because the question is kiski property it is very much the property of hindus only the question is it's not the property of only one particular Pant or sampradaya which in india de facto often correlates to one jati So it is very much, and I really liked Abhijit's idea of one kind of overarching board, which is of Hindus only, but it's not the government. So that's another way of maybe not having local elections, but having some connecting tissue between various large mandras which have now been denationalized Mm -hmm. across the country, but some connecting tissue between them. Mm -hmm. So that's in a way you are kind of formalizing the VHP RSS thing. And you can have one time elections. My, my issue is how do you have legitimacy and authority for that body? Because the All India Muslim Personal Law Board was never elected, yeah. so just just think through how do we legitimize that? Because I want some broader Hindu connecting tissue. I don't want the government, but I don't want it to leave it completely alone on its own path without a broader Hindu accountability check. That's my only concern. However, we do it, I'm open to ideas.
3: See, there are lots of ways of middle ground on this. Exactly. Okay, okay. and I'll explain. Okay, so <clears throat> one was the suggestion that I gave you. Second is it can be given back to the original owners, but the board acts as an audit. A Hindu, all India Hindu temples board acts as an audit, it sets down minimum guidelines. For access and things like that, a basic common minimum charter that all temples agree Without to. Without the
0: government interference. I, Without I, the government interference. Okay. Society, decide karta hai society, society decides this. Something like
1: that. Which is similar to the first idea he gave. The question is how do you elect that board? Yeah. And, yeah. and there what has, to, has to be proportional
3: follow. representation of all sections
1: of Hindu society. This is a Rahul okay. Gandhi idea. Well, sure. Why not? My point is, in in a way, elections is de facto that idea. right? I mean, election. But understand,
3: it it is not Huck. Yes. It is formulating a common minimum program. Yeah. And minimum word is important. The minimum word is important out. not trying to change anything. Because being a libertarian, you want people to run their own things. But let me ask you this. You know, if the Madurai Meenakshi Temple today is privatized, do you know who the biggest uh, stakeholder in that will be? Yes. PTR the finance mil- former finance minister of right. the DMK government yeah. Parnivel Tyagarajan so, who recently, was saying
1: till recently who was, the till
3: recently, who, was uh, who will say the nastiest thing about Hindus
1: yeah. because of the Jati thing because of
3: the Jati but
0: thing we all know if we did an honest assessment of who sits on temple boards across the country I'm telling you what scares me even more this is the one argument I will give for for you if temples are free right now, I want all the live viewers and even the listeners of this podcast who are going to listen to this later on, I want you guys to do this survey. Start looking at every single major temple board in India and then start looking at who is sitting on those temple boards. So it is going to go to the politicians when they get free. Well, I mean, I would not be surprised because I mean, I hate that reality. You know, universities and
1: hospitals, which are technically non-profit, but de facto for profit are all effectively controlled by local politicians. Yes. So, I mean, effectively, they will be controlled by local politicians. At least the reality will be that extremely anti-Hindu politicians, or those are not Hindus at all, at least they will be debarred. So it will be an improvement on the current status quo, which is why I think the idea of freeing Hindu temples makes a lot of sense. The question is, we need to think of the modalities, as I said in the very beginning. Okay, you don't agree with anything that you, I, Abhijit say or various aspects. What does it mean to free? You need a trust in trustees. Who will be the trustees? And even if the current trustees are there without the government appointees, they will die at some point. How will they be replaced? Will they be ex-officio trustees? So even if you don't agree with anything I've said, you still need a trust. So the only, argue, because I'm getting silence on that question, I'm assuming what it means is what they consider to be the original owners. They were not owners. Basically, give it to one particular Pant or Jati. That's basically the argument. Yeah, but... Because, you know, T.R. Ramesh, and I, I respect him for his a lot of work. I disagree with him on many things. He was also there on that brief space I had with Anand. And he said on that space, and he has tweeted about it multiple times earlier. So people can verify that. That I was doing the songs or RSS's Vatican agenda. Vatican uh, agenda? I don't know. I, I first of all, if I am a Vatican agent, I am a completely an honorary agent because I don't any money from them. Uh, so see, see, this is how this is how the tarnishing and labeling happens. If you disagree and you have no cogent argument against it, which is it goes the whole you know ki reformism or modernity is Christian, uh, Hinduism is only true if it is decolonial and all of that nonsense. Basically, Doctor, Mister, I don't know, he's a Doctor or Mister. TRMHD basically told that I have a Vatican agenda, the same as RSS agenda. I didn't, I just told him, you hallelujah, <laughs> I told him I'm very happy to be the RSS spokesperson, even though I'm not. But the fact that you mentioned me in the same breath as RSS is is, is a it's is a an badge honor. Of honor. It's
3: a badge of honor for me. I will always take an RSS association as a badge of honor. i <laughs> I've never met nicer people. मैं <laughs> BJP ko gaali deta hun, kabhi RSS RSS Because RSS serve. They don't ask. They serve. selflessly BJP asks. Therefore I will act <laughs> like मैं मालिक तू Accountable. हाँ मैं तेरे को चिलाएगा। Okay. Okay. So it's that simple. Now, T R Ramesh is one of the nicest, most honorable people around. The problem is we very frequently believe that, you know, our priorities are everybody else's priorities. So, for example, do I want marriage equality for homosexuals in India? Yes. Do I believe it should happen now? Yes. Can it happen now? Possibly not. No. Okay. And because of that, I'm not going to go around burning Modi posters and burning BJP flags. Okay. Now, we have to understand Should temples we all agree that temples need to be in the hands of Hindus? Absolutely, okay. We all agree on that. Do we agree that some temples have completely unique rituals? Like there's a temple south of 70 kilometers south of Madras where the pujaris have to be trans people because it is crucial to the parampara of that temple. I will always oppose women of a menstruating age entering Shabarimala because. The god there is a brahmachari. He does not want to see. That is the mythology of uh, Ayapau. It is dead. directly relevant to that particular deity. It is deity. absolutely
1: relevant so that to that version particular. of that deity.
3: On the other hand, in Kamakya, you will yes. celebrate the menstruation of the goddess because it is the goddess giving her bounty to the rest yes. of the world. She is the mother of creation and she is sharing it with the rest of the world. Should that be preserved? Absolutely yes. Do I oppose the Supreme Court setting up and saying that no uh, uh, animal sacrifice at temples, yes. I Do I want it banned at a larger level because it should not be done for public health reasons in that thing and animal cruelty laws, etc., etc. If it applies to all communities yeah. equally, yes. exactly. But notice the thing here. If it applies to all communities equally, It can't be that I am not allowed to sacrifice but somebody else is allowed to sacrifice in an extremely painful way incidentally. Okay. No. The problem comes about is you're saying now and on my terms and no dilution and on nobody else's terms. Hmm. That can't happen. Because see, the problem out here is you want temples, yes. Are temples being misused? I want there is nothing I disagree with T.R. Ramesh on. Which is that, are they being abused? They're being abused horribly. You know how much the Hindu, and he Horrible. lives in Madras. So he knows exactly how badly, and you know, for him it is crucial.
0: And can we just say shame the on Hindu. The people who uh, swindle away temple money. See,
3: that that is a different issue. Let's not low, get into that right now. But, you know, the way in which the Hindu charitable endowments has been, uh, I'm sorry to use the word, but raped by successive governments in Tamil government Nadu is a scandal. So I totally understand why, for T.R. Ramesh, it is the most important thing. And he is absolutely right in that it needs crucial central intervention now.
1: But he specifically disagrees on, uh, for example, only Malayali Brahmins must be priest of Sabri Mala. Anybody who disagrees with that, he calls him a Vedic Look,
3: the, these are so, points so, of...
1: So it's for his agenda, while absolutely I fully agree on these points on waste and corruption, is very much extending to orthodoxy being retained.
3: Right. So this is where we need to come up with a common minimum program. Because the problem out here is nobody is willing to shift and find a modus vivendi that all of us can agree on. Yeah, the retort, moment retort. you create, yar, mat karao, samvad ko samvad mein badlo.
0: Yeah, but how does it ha- so, help here so, when so, somebody calls him an RSS Vatican agent?
3: It, 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 let's think of it as the beginning of the process. Think of so, me as the local CIA, ISI agent who's uh, 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 peddling the Taliban ISI. agenda. Because I'm on record calling the uh, Taliban very progressive people. I think they're the uh, feminists of the 21st century. <laughs> you <know>? B.C.E. <laughs> uh-huh. So I'm very happy to be whatever I'm called. <laughs> But we need to sit down. Sure, it is the Hindu way to get nasty with each other and whatever. And at the end of it, we still find a modus vivendi. Let us sit down and find a modus vivendi. The point of this is to
1: start the conversation. Right.
0: So I think there are three core issues and both of you explain. One core issue that I have is that I hate the idea of government controlling things. But I at the same time equally hate the idea, as both of you have rightly said, that jati ke base pe discrimination against people on the basis of their jati identity is just impardonable like you can't accept something like this so how do we draw the line there two mike i want to know your views. it's a,
3: it's a very simple let me answer this one by one before you go to two one is very simple the argument for a sampraday or a caste to control a temple is This was our family deity. It is our house. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can't allow anybody off the streets of my house. I completely agree with that. Okay. But then you can't ask the caste of everybody to decide them to let them into your house. You understand? All strangers are strangers or no strangers are strangers. You can't say, yeah, reservation, you know, you'll see it in restaurants. Management reserves the right to refuse entry. Not on the basis
0: of caste. Not on the basis of caste. It's just. Me, I'm not going to let you. Exactly in. now. That's not there is a second. I will push back here. People refuse on the basis of eating habits. Of
1: dress. I mean, eating habits don't have to necessarily align to
0: a caste. But that also can.
1: Um, no, no, no. So, so here's the thing.
0: If, religion, if, if, yeah, okay. there may be correlated, It's not if, aligned.
3: If, if th- this is the problem here again, it is a huge correlation between caste and eating habits. So, for example, it in is. Bengal. It is the lowest castes who have the highest dietary restrictions. Yes. In Tamil Nadu, the highest castes have the highest I dietary, dietary restrictions,
2: restriction.
3: which is why in my when my parents got but, married, for example, the marriage which was in a kalyanamandapam and the reception in a hotel, in the marriage because it was completely vegetarian food, all the Bengali side of the family were asking, "Arey ye kisse lower caste se shaadi hamare Then when it happened in the uh, uh, evening in the reception. All the bloody tambrams out there were saying, kind of thing. so there is a huge correlation between dietary habits and caste. So that is also a problem. Okay. Let us be clear about that. The third issue in all of this is uh, you can do it on the basis of dress, which Malayali temples even today do. You can, You have to wear a mundu and a lower wrap around. It can't be stitched. And the upper has to be exposed. For women, they have to tie something around or you wear an angavastan. Yeah. Which is fine, but not birth. The fifth is uh, 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 employment reservation. You know, this is a mode of employment. If the priestly class is going to be a mode of employment, it has to be open to all because you cannot have. And this is why we're pushing back on halal. Our thing against halal is it it's is creating a cartelized religion-specific industry where employment is restricted to religion.
0: It's a violation of SCS3. It is a violation
3: of all kinds of acts because that particular category should be open to everyone. You can't make it based on who is a Muslim and who is not. So, what answer. happens here is you then can't have a caste-based reservation for this particular temple and say this, 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 this. is. It has to be open to everybody.
0: Okay, both.
1: See, we have to distinguish between this concept of adhikara and uh, kartavya or daytva. In fact, if I'm not wrong, uh, one of the earlier uh, Shankaracharyas of Kachimat Matham also said that basically the right way to understand this concept of adhikara is actually daytva. I I wrote about it earlier, I was using the word kartavya, but the same concept. See, is it the idea that Everybody of a particular Jati but follow a certain vocational type of life. If it is, then it is a Kartavya, it's not a Nadhikara. If, it, if it's a Kartavya, obviously it is not being followed by all Jatis, not just one. By all Jatis who are supposed to map to a particular Varna, it's not being followed. The, the current COAS of the Indian Army, the last COAS are of a Jati which is not supposed to, to historically be in of a fighting or not supposed to belong to Shatriya Varna if you are supposed to look at it from a hereditary point of view. Same in business. I'm so happy that people from all backgrounds are coming in business and more and more should come. One way to expedite that is to have more judicial reforms, so that more contract enforcement happens. And anyway, the new age tech sector is increasingly open to everybody de facto. De jure it is anyway open. So the point as he was saying <coughs> is that if it is a job kind of of being protected, then there is a contradiction in the argument, because one part of the argument says it is such a difficult job. It is so many sacrifices are required. Only Shraddha, people with Shraddha will do it. Then obviously, then if it, you are admitting it's a very difficult job, why are you preventing other people from entering it, other fellow Hindus? And if it is not a very difficult job, it is some kind of privilege. Then, then again, why should prevent other Hindus from entering it?
0: So basically, you're saying the argument seems like heads I win, tails you lose.
1: Yes, I, I don't think actually anybody has properly thought on through the arguments. These are emotional arguments. Uh, often, if you put it on Twitter, they'll say, "But oh, you support uh, affirmative action in government uh, jobs and universities." The point is that is for various historical wrongs, however imperfectly done, for a time period, for a sunset with a sunset clause. This is how we support it. Uh, you, you are saying they're saying only if you remove that will this go no because of such discrimination if we have currently affirmative action you're getting the horse in the you're getting the horse in the cart uh, upside down in the wrong order so it is very important to understand that we have to think in terms of kartavya if you are thinking in terms of kartavya or daitva or responsibility or duty you would be happy if more people are wanting to do it right nobody is preventing anybody, any existing priest, his or her son to not enter the particular profession or occupation. It's only about preventing other Hindus, right? Why would you want to prevent other Hindus when you yourself are saying it requires
0: so much rigor, so much sacrifice? That argument has never made sense to me. Point number two. I seem to hear this argument all the time that if, if temples are not freed, Hindu society will be destroyed. I constantly hear this argument made by a lot of people. You're following
1: the wrong people.
2: Uh, <laughs> I
0: follow you and Abg. <laughs>
1: Ouch. Look, I, I
3: do believe that.
0: Oh, yeah, Yar point to soon. One minute. I
3: do. It needs to go back to Hindus, oh, which okay. is why can... it is imperative. So, no, no.
0: One minute. But
3: the terms have to be negotiated. That's uh,
0: all. No, we all three agree it has to yeah. go back. No, no. Yes. Aikman, let me explain yes. my point. I also agree that temples have to be freed, and and you know why I agree now? Because I live six months outside India now and I see free temples,
2: All the time. temples,
0: and I see the strength of Hinduism there. Yes. But that society and those Hindus are not like the Hindus here. When will people realize that? Per capita jatiwad NRIs is not even one tenth of per capita jatiwad. You look at places Maybe like totally Suriname, totally Fiji,
3: Guyana they've
0: overcome caste hey hmm. hey we oppose it uh, why am i fighting against that because i know wahan pe issue okay i'll give you an example swami mandir Robbinsville. Mandir, Robbinsville this is on new jersey new jersey Magar yeah, boss, it is not just Swami Narayan people who come there. I have seen South Indians. I have seen North Indians like me. We are regular visitors. I, it, every time I go for a talk at New Jersey because now I'm, you know why I have made New Jersey a talk? Like I want to go to the Mandir. यार.
2: I love that. You know,
1: interestingly, 70 years ago, there was a case going on in, in Bombay High Court. I think if I'm not wrong, the Swami Narayan sect was claiming to not be Hindu, Hindu. to mm. prevent Dalits from entering. Yeah. So this shows that how much the society, the has society changed? and individual sections of pradais can reform dramatically. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so, you are absolutely right. What we are arguing is based on current reality, uh, and it can change. And ho- I hope it will change. Yeah. So
0: now my point of saving the sampradayas and Hinduism yeah. uh, subject pe, listen. My biggest worry is that. Taraf and I hear a section, this same section giving an argument, it is caste that saved Hinduism. I've never understood that argument, but I will take it on face value that because we were a casteist society or Jati varna based society, if I want to use their word, we were saved from this multiple invasions because it created some type of, of an intellectual isolationism. So there's some if, truth to it, but yeah, even if X falls, nahi, so I'll connect it yeah. to the temple freedom argument. Now, if that is your argument. Then you should be the first person who should bat for big temples leaving the government and small temples staying in the government. What kind of a nonsense argument is this? How will small temples survive? You are in the state of Maharashtra. How many times have I used this particular scheme under the BJP government, not under Mahavikas Agadi. By the way, that government destroyed that scheme. There is a scheme called the Tirthak Shetra Fund. And every time BJP comes in power, the amount of money allocated to the tirthakshetra fund goes up, goes up and every time non-BJP governments come in power in Maharashtra, the fund goes down. You want your temples to survive. I will give you another temple. I worked in the village of Charoti and Vagadi in Palgad district. Okay. Thanks to the member of parliament, Poonamajan, who let me work there. She adopted those villages. There was a Mahalakshmi temple. On the hilltop over there. If the government is not involved in some way or the other in facilitating that temple, I can assure you that temple will stop. First, see, first of all, again, as Abhijit hinted, there
1: can be a middle path. I'm sure even some of the people who <coughs> don't agree with me on caste will be okay with the smaller temples remaining in government control. No, but these
0: people are not.
1: I mean, I I think their real interest is in larger temples. So I some of them might be okay with it, whether they are not, whether or not they say so. I think some of them will be okay with it. I take your point. As I said, initially, there is some de facto cross subsidy happening from the larger mandirs to the smaller mandirs. And smaller mandirs, it becomes effectively a guarantee of jobs, some kind of income safety. And uh, there are almost 40,000 mandirs under Tamil Nadu HRC, as I said, most of them are very small. Uh, large mandirs are relatively few, by uh, obviously by definition, right? So, so it's only one or two percentile is a very large top 10 percentile are somewhat large. 90% are very, very small. They can't basically run on their own resources as of today. Uh, but I, 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 as I said, I don't have a particularly strong view on this. If those mandirs want to remain under the government control, I'm fine with that. We don't have to prioritize them right now. Uh, but let's not sidestep the main debate that the large mandirs, which are basically what we are focusing on right now, have to be freed. Now, what are the conditions? What are the terms? As he was saying, under which they but should the, be freed.
0: That's the argument every time. That is. Well, I minute, totally agree. Your point is that we need to save Hinduism, and for saving Hinduism, we need to free temples. My counter is then: what about the small See, temples? Histo- that is not an important historically, of man,
1: historically, mandirs were. Areas of congregation. They were also in some ways venture capitalists. They were in, involved in financing. They're involved in multiple aspects of today. today they are society, literally just places of so, worship. Society. Today they're not that. Today, today there are other. Outside India, the temples are exactly what you are saying. Yes, because they they serve as point of congregation. But, but
3: see, that is what they need to become again. See, community has changed from the time when temple... When, did, when does temple construction as we know it today really start? When the de-urbanization of India starts sometime around the 4th century.
1: Possibly inspired by the Greeks? I don't know.
3: Well, I won't put it to the Greeks, but I think because, you know, Hinduism has never looked for external inspiration in
2: a sense. So so relatively late.
3: We, 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 you know, we organically interpret it ourselves. Uh, you know, uh, Shiva, Vishnu, Brahma, who are not mentioned in uh, the Vedas, will automatically get Shiva. I will disagree, Rudra. yeah, but Rudra, but yeah, anyway, uh, it, it develops organically. The bhakti movement develops organically out here, it all develops organically. They were developed as community centers in a sense to de urbanization to bring community together when cities were no longer uh, in vogue. India noticed like. The, like the Roman Empire, interesting like the Sasanian Empire, where massive de-urbanization good happened. Point. Right? Now, de-urbanization is fundamentally a segregated society. Okay? And they've evolved as community as centers for, yeah, for, a, say, uh, for a de-urbanized society. We are today urbanizing. The nature of a temple fundamentally has to change. It has to keep in terms with society. You cannot have the same rituals. We 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 you accept Shiva in uh, uh, Shiva, Vishnu, Brahma today. You do not every day worship Vayu, Indra, Varuna, etc. You accept that the religion has changed. Modern day Hinduism is not the same as Vedic Hinduism. Or puranic we do not Hinduism go in also. or Puranic Hinduism. Please. We don't go into the forest. We do not perform uh, ghee uh, sacrifices to the ghee. We don't. And in those days, you. Uh, the uh, Brahmin was venerated to sit in the forest and do that while other people sat in cities and towns and did other
0: professions now third question and this is the key sorry can I add in a
3: way this system is a lot like the compact between secular Jews and orthodox Jews in Israel the orthodox Jews are exempted from military service and subsidized by the state so that they sit and pray for the whole of Israel throughout and also procreate. And procreate. And they are the ones that yeah. maintain the Israeli. Uh, I would I would love our so
1: much more if the TFR was higher. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just had to say that.
3: <laughs> no, but it's true. Of a TFR of three, Israel has the highest the TFR. Israel is the highest TFR of any developed country of three.
1: I think by far, right? By far. Yeah.
3: yeah. And it is entirely because of Orthodox Jews.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay which also leads to certain social problems yeah, that we, we, that's we look true. at differently that's true. but that is how the society was so are you willing to give up all other professions and trades because let's apply this
1: sampradaya to everything I mean, plus orthodox right? is not a caste right? so then brahmins should
3: not do business at all no
1: plus orthodox
0: is not a caste true People but can. anyway that's yeah. that's a different matter yeah. but
3: uh, then brahmin should not do business
0: okay now i will quote a live tweet, my live stream say quote. Wo question yaad hai, this is the, the crux of the issue, is only what I have understood from what you two are saying is the fear. I would not even use the word unknown. The fear oh. of the unknown is wrong. The oh, yeah. fear of the known is the right word in this. What is the known discrimination? Right. Mm. This and and we know our society's bane is this discrimination, mm. which is why even I am 70% with you guys, 30% not. Things are
1: improving but radically. You, even but
0: within, so within us, we don't no, agree. But no. Somebody no. on the live stream has said, Jaisai Deepak's <coughs> line, and I want to put it on the screen because if agar Deepak will say, I didn't say So it if you want religious places to be governed using secular principles, would you be okay with secular places being governed using religious principles? First, I will give my views on this. Then you guys are free to give your views on mm. this. Uh, Secular places are already governed using religious principles. Mm. For example, uh, India has a Sunday holiday. It is a religious holiday. It's just from the Christian religion, but there are many... Originally pagan. Originally pagan. Okay. Point number two, your secular spots like your parliament, like your constitution, have religious motives all over them. Your aircraft has Hanumanji. Your, uh, (laughs) Your entire life has hang, many things. Thank the gods for it. Yeah. Uh,
3: none. No airline in the world has a row number thirteen. Do you know that? Oh, what? I didn't know this. Not one single airline, not even communist countries' airlines, had row superstition. Air Corio, does not have row, row thirteen. Oh, I did not know this. Even many buildings Hindu, don't. Many buildings oh, don't have thirteen. Even even Hindu uh, 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 Air India or Parsi Air India does not have a row thirteen even though there's no uh, uh, inauspiciousness of 13 in our this uh, thing. But there is no row 13. I completely accept that secular places should and in fact are to a large extent because 90% of our morality and ethics comes from inherited religious law. They are already ruled
1: by religion. In that case, well, I think the word "secular religious" has to be defined. Here.
3: Yeah, no, yeah.
0: I, I think that this uh, See, argument of for, first Warcraft of all, of all is second, in look,
3: view. this is you know this is exploiting a certain West, a French definition of secularism, which is militantly anti-religious. Because they didn't want any kind of religious connotation to it, they renamed the months.
1: By the way, they had nationalized the churches till early twentieth yeah. century.
3: And they do all this stuff. Afflictive. This doesn't work in India, boss. Dharma Nirpeksh is a very different co- concept. So I totally accept. I totally accept that secular places should be governed by religion.
1: No, no. I see religious principle uh, places being governed by secular laws. Once again, I fully disagree because it presupposes that the arguments we are having are necessarily from outside of religion. Yeah. Within the Hindu religion. All Smritis say that they are supposed to be of a particular Yuga. The Yuga Dharma, they are time, place, person, context dependent. The Shruti, for example, does not have this notion of exclusively hereditary Varna. Even the Smritis actually, I was just tweeting that today only, have this notion Yanya Yanyavalka and Gautama <clears throat> that after five or seven generations, based on the occupation a family has, hmm. they jump Varna from even though the Jati remains the same by definition. So this idea that this argument is outside of religion, in this case Hindu dharma, is conceding the argument. I fully disagree with that. Which is why, on in the case of Sabari Mala, I am okay with menstruating women being required not to enter. But caste not being a criterion, because caste is not a biological reality, sex is a biological reality. Within the Hindu dharma, my argument stands. It is not a secular principle, in this case, whatsoever first secondly secular versus religious you have to understand what it means what it, where it ends uh, for example uh, you know for somebody climate change or climate denialism or climate activism might be a religion religion is how it depend how you define it there are some established religions there could be some esoteric religions so religion by itself or uh, there was a there was a famous case in the us where a muslim woman wanted to wear a kind of a hijab in a, in a benetton shop or one of those young teen mm-hmm. clothes shops And she eventually won in the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, despite the chain saying that, you know, if you are selling clothes to young teenage clientele, you have to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. She won the case. And I actually disagree with the U.S. Supreme Court there, standing of secularism there, because in that case, uh, because you see exactly religion and caste and sex are all different. If you are being required by the corporate policy to look a certain way for understandable and directly linked commercial purposes then your religion has to take a back seat in that case then the 1964 civil rights act should not apply to you under title 13 or whatever it is so 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 we have to we have to interrogate the meaning of religious and secular itself but right now in, for our purposes within the hindu understanding of what is shruti what is smriti what applies what does not apply within that argument there is no basis whatsoever to say that jati must only map to a certain varna and therefore people of certain jati of a certain region can only be priests of a temple
2: can
0: can, can this be a uh, compromise position let's say somebody lives in that area and that person truly believes in the temple and <coughs> that person wants to be a pujari in that temple mm. because the crux is only one thing mm. temple entry to chodo it is only about temple pujari mm.
1: temple entry has been considered out of uh, force yeah. so not out of yes. uh, so <laughs> not because okay. dil mange mm. uh,
0: and that person truly believes in this concept mm. and that, that it should be
1: hereditary. Is, no, you know,
0: then does not. No, that they want to be a pujari, oh, yeah, of, pujari of that. Pujari yeah. of uh-huh. that exactly. Temple. So, all the only compromise position which can lead to temple freedom is that if that person truly out of Shraddha wants to be that, he should be allowed. Once he enters or she enters do you, the do temple. You,
3: do you remember that, the story of Jabala? Yeah. Hmm? The, the boy doesn't know who his father is. And the rishi asks him, yeah. wh- who whose son are you?" And he just says, "I am the son of Jabala." Hmm. The rishi knows exactly what is happening. Everybody knows what is happening, and he is made into what he, uh, into a priest yeah, because he is impressed by his honesty. Exactly, Vishwamitra ka okay. hai? Vishwamitra is born a Kshatriya. Okay, but he becomes a uh, uh, this thing. How many rishis do you have who have not been born uh, Brahmins and they become
1: maharishis? Yeah, people then say exception does not... Ah, exception nahi. Ah. What, what is... Nahin, is very clear. You you, how that. do you prove Shraddha?
3: It is you go through a rigorous... There has, Shraddha has to have tangibility. The Shraddha to become a... There does not have to be Shraddha for entry, but there has to be Shraddha for... Of to course. become a priest. And the tangibility is, can you pass all the exams? Do you understand? I, I have set a syllabus. Can you ace that syllabus? And you live in a certain you way, you have to tangibilize
0: Shraddha for employment purposes. You live in a certain way for a long period so of time. That is the only qualifying criteria. Yes, once you enter the place where you are trained to be a pujari of that temple, you follow all the rules of, of that course, temple. Yes. Once you ace the rules of the test, also is decided by that temple. The temple is free to do everything. Yes, the only thing that should not be allowed is that just because you are from an XYZ jati. I will not let that's you. yes. That's, that's it. it. Right? That's that's it. A, have I understood it? Absolutely. And both of you. Absolutely. absolutely. Okay. So as a libertarian who is far more libertarian than both of you, I think I can compromise on this. Mm. I can compromise as long as Hindu temples are freed, because I believe. And once again, I repeat, I don't like the idea of small temples being freed, but I absolutely find the idea of large temples being freed a necessity for this society. Otherwise, we are in big trouble. But
3: understand this. With this, I am on the trads kind of. You understand this. Mm-hmm. I expect a priest in the Kali temple to be sacrificing goats and eating mutton. Of course. I will never. I don't think it's a trad. I will eat whatever and violate whatever law. Nazis, but I will never.
0: Go there, you can I will
3: never accept a priest in a South Indian temple. In either on. the Madurai Meenakshi temple or Tirupati or anything who comes anywhere within a 10-foot radius
1: of meat. May you say Naimanunga? This goes without saying. So this is, I don't think it's a trad or any position. This is a very simple position. You have to follow the rituals. You have to yes. in your acharam I mean everything, you have to do what is required. From but it how,
3: cannot be based
1: on birth, birth, it has to be based on behavior. The, therefore, the requirement has to be equal for everybody. You yes. do this, you qualify. So,
0: achar, yes, exactly. That. That's all. Achar, nah?
1: Yes, aap,
3: and here is the contradiction out here on one hand I believe Hinduism will not survive till temples are given back to Hindus on the other hand Hindus also need to evolve because it is precisely this lack of social mobility especially when it comes to incentivizing everybody in temples and dharma raksha dharma raksha cannot be through exclusion it okay. has to be through Plus, I
1: don't think by the way the position we are taking will be very unpopular by the way I think there is a very small loud group which will oppose it I think if the like man that man that. Man. If the government actually, for example, frees temples on this basis, puts this in the omnibus law, etc., I think there'll be actually Hindu society will by and large accept it. Even the Vaikom Satyagraha 100 years ago in Kerala and in, in Travancore, and actually a lot of many middle class, so-called upper caste Hindus supported it. Even Gandhi gradually changed his position on that. Okay. So 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 I don't I think there's a lot of Hindus from all Jatis are very commonsensical on this. So don't let a few loud voices kind of drown that out. Most Hindus want to see the temples free and rightly so. This is
0: one aspect which has to be taken care of. Okay, so I'll now I'll start taking questions from our yeah, viewers sure. and then we'll wrap it up. Sure. Because we all have to yes. do other things also. There are many mosques, churches and gurdwaras that discriminate based on one's caste. Why should caste be a criteria? Let SCSTs build new temples. This is the whole thing na, ki. This is the we discussed dhar, that briefly. Ki what if uh, Hinduism no. becomes like SDPC? No, no, so so why a, would we want Hinduism I've to become like
1: if, or, or, Let me answer that very directly and very specifically. Why not use this argument uh, to say that do not allow Dalits in existing mandirs. Dalits should make their own mandirs.
0: Yeah.
1: So whoever this person is with their name should in public go out and say that Dalits should not be allowed in temples because of traditions if they want they should make new mandirs that's exactly what sami karpatri wanted in kashi he tried to form a new vishwanath uh,
0: can we say the story uh, karpatri maharaj ji uh, when he made that new temple the new kashi temple because dalits were allowed to enter the old or the traditional kashi one temple. the prachin one you know i'm so proud of the hindu society yes the new temple by Karpatri Maharaj was lock, stock, and barrel rejected. It did not take totally. off totally. It did not take off totally. What a what a proud moment for Hindu society. Yeah. They defeated Karpatri
1: Maharaj, and, uh, which is why I'm saying exactly. So this idea of start new mandirs that again presupposes it is somebody's mandir and not somebody else's mandir.
0: So I refuse to concede that basis of the mm-hmm. argument. So you are, you are saying that increase the, the locus of ownership. It not
1: is, increase. It has always been of all Hindus. Okay. It just needs to be changed. It's not even increasing it. Okay. It has always been of okay. all him.
3: I will accept caste-based discrimination of a temple if you can show me documentation going back to its establishment. You say that it was established BC. me the
0: documentation.
3: I don't care. I will accept their argument if they show me documentation. Okay. On what basis was Ram Mandir built in Babri Masjid? Property rights. Yeah. We had the documentation going back centuries. Hai? I demand that. You say it is tradition. Hai, me.
1: Okay.
3: Ye sab bolte hai. Then
1: also it's duty and not right. Yeah, yeah. So ah, then it cannot be it cannot be selective. Yeah. Exactly. It cannot be optional.
0: Okay. Next question is: there are many temples that don't allow men and sometimes women. If someone doesn't believe in the rules, why should they enter there? We, I think we've already discussed the case of Sabarimala and
1: Kamakhya very in detail. Mm-hmm. Sex is not the same as caste. I I think both of us are in favor of uh, menstruating women not being allowed to enter in Sabarimala Mandir. If that is what the particular deity in that Brahmachari form wants. But there is nothing about the deity in that mandir or any other mandir which says that only if my Pandit is born in a particular Jati will I be Taken care of. Will, I, will my tradition be sacrificed? In fact, even in Jagannath Puri in September of this year, the servitors who by by the way are of multiple jatis, not just Brahman or other Jatis, mm-hmm. but they're not supposed to do any kind of intercaste marriage. One person had done an intercaste marriage and he entered the Mandir for the entire day, Bhagwan ko gaya, out of protest. If hai, you were ready to sacrifice the god's food in your protest. This happened in September 2023. People mm-hmm. can Google it. So because one of the earlier servitors had done an intercaste marriage and he had been ostracized, he re-entered the mandir and out of protest, <clears throat> the servitors refused to give food to the Bhagwan.
0: So secular. So now tell me, Shraddha where is it where is Okay, this is a really good question, Abhijit. One question is also, what about allegations of systemic casteism in any exam if most of the priests who qualify in <laughs> turn out to be Brahmins or general category? some time limited reservations for scst could help it's a question not a statement
1: sure. can, I, can i answer that first? i fully yeah, disagree really i disagree with that fully i don't want any reservations whatsoever i don't care if disproportionately uh, most of the people are brahmin or of any other jati in fact i'm convinced that for the longest period of time in large mandirs most of them will be brahmin bajati and it's perfectly fine to me so long as one or two people of different jatis can be priests it shows the system is open and can gradually change. I don't want representative proportion in the priesthood. Uh, let me be very clear about that. So long as other Hindus can become, see, let me say, historically, Baniyas have been doing business. Mm. So you can look at it even today. Many of the old houses are from either Hindu Bania communities or they're equivalent in Parsi or Muslim communities, but new age tech businesses, entrepreneurship has been much more democratized. So over time, it is changing. Same with the army, right? Historically, some communities have perhaps disproportionately gone to the armed forces. But people from all backgrounds are in the army and they make the ultimate sacrifice, they rise to the highest ranks. So it's not about, jitni abadi utna hak. that's not the point. The point is, is the system open or not? If it is open, over time it will gradually change. Okay. So I want
3: two things to <clears throat> add to this. Uh, I'm still divided over it because my mind is still not made up on this issue. But there are two things which I definitely want. One is, at the very minimum, there has to be token representation to break any uh, uh, stereotype. Okay. Second, (coughs) it may very well be Brahmin dominated, (coughs) but the exam process has to be absolutely neutral. Equal, absolutely. Okay. You cannot ask the child where he is from, who his father is, what his caste is, whatever, whatever. If they come to the Gurukul, they have to be trained equally irrespective surname ही नहीं
1: well I, I again i think you know we uh, we and can... i don't know how that will be done because in the olden days it
3: was <laughs>
0: okay, i am I mean, let
1: us not go let us not make the perfect the enemy of the good let yeah. it be open let the gurukuls be open let the yeah. mandirs open it it's fine there might be some discrimination but it is better than saying no full stop yeah so i don't i mean, let people have Which is why
3: let's start with tokenism yes. if it doesn't pick up because see the most important thing out here is the whole of society has to feel incentivized in the protection of that temple.
1: See, One uh, one thing that we did not uh, touch upon. See, the moment you de-link uh, Sampradaya or Pant from Jati, you will automatically have an expansionist mindset. Because right now what is happening, everything is a defensive mindset mm. to preserve this. Because somehow you know that there is you have to constantly explain why this is. As opposed to it, the moment you dealing Jati and Sampraday, you would want more and more believers. You want more and more uh, worshippers of that particular Mandir, and there'll be a healthy competition within the Hindu fold, and you'll eventually end up growing and expanding within India and outside India as well. Yeah. So, but for that, that traditional link of exclusive almost of pant and jati has to be broken, at least conceptually. It doesn't mean they have to be forcibly removed. Just by this one or two entries can change the understanding.
0: Okay, so next question is, oh my goodness, chapter 4, words 13-14 of Gita uh, make Krishna says the creation of the Varanas are based on Gunas and Karma. Yeah. Doesn't that make caste birth-based? How? I don't know, I, see, this, again, don't they keep making a difference between
3: Jati and Varna?
1: I know, what I, I understand what the person is asking 4.13. See, the issue is even if my, well, Karma obviously not, but you know people will connect it in a theodicy sense to earlier births even on guna, let us say there is some linkage on birth. It's both nature and nurture. Even within the nature component, I might have a different guna from my brother. And we both might have a different from our father, but similar to a grandfather. So even if something is intrinsically yours, it need not mean it is intrinsically hereditary within the family necessarily. Hmm. See, Chandogya Upanishad has a reference that off of the womb, which is why some people say that even Chandogya Upanishad, despite being Shruti or Shruti adjacent, it's not uh, the Samhita, but whatever it is, not Smriti either, it has the concept of birth-based varna. But if you are born with a certain varna, that does not necessarily mean you share it with your sibling or your parent. Mm. So, it's a, so, so so birth colloquially it is important to say not birth-based because otherwise there's too much discrimination. But if you want to technically understand it, birth is not the same as hereditary. I am born with something need not necessarily mean that my father also had it. Hmm. Or my brother also
0: has it. For those who don't know, it is Chaturvarna, Maya, System Gunakarma, Vibhavascha. That's all. Uh, the next is, okay, again, should we remove who have been appointed to take care of priesthood for centuries? There are a lot of other Dalit uh, priests in uh, Kuladevam temples? Yes,
1: I, in, they're saying in many smaller temples and many Dalit priests, should they be removed? In many Kuldevi temples, etc. Nobody should be removed. Okay. Let us be very clear. Just
0: what do we do in the future? Yes. What, what do we do going ahead?
1: Everybody is everybody's grandfather. Nobody, not one person is being removed.
2: Okay.
1: It's about for the future cohorts, when you take a, have a fresh intake, do you allow it for everybody or not is the only question. So I just wanted to be very clear because people will either with good intention or some people deliberately will, will misrepresent it. Nobody is being removed whatsoever whatsoever. Ki, you know, it's so hmm. only for the fresh intake.
0: Okay. Uh, can you please break it down on how will it impact the smaller temples be different from the impact on bigger temples? How can one formula fit at all? I mean, you're so making, that's what we said. Yeah, there is no one I, formula that's that's that fit it story. all.
3: What we're saying is there is a common minimum program where, so like think of it this way. Again, let's go back to a Rahul Gandhiism. Uh, India is a union of states. Okay. No, but so, this is what Anand doesn't
0: understand. Na? Jab, when Anand came on my podcast, I told what kind of conceptual freedom are you talking about? Freedom should be to remain in the government and to get rid of the government. Both, na?
1: correct.
3: Anand now, said
0: that is not freedom.
1: We can have multi tiered processes. It's, exactly. It's
3: fine. If you want to be. So, for example, you know the big, uh, the Bredishwara temple which Rajaraja Chora built in uh, Tanjore, the Tanjore big temple. It, it, it cannot sustain itself. You so know so that. Uh, north Indians mostly they don't understand yes they don't understand superior Tamil language you oh. see uh, uh, to, <laughs> you people are very crude I have to uh, simplify my language for all you not uh, you invaders Nartis. so Narthis. so what happens is in tanjo temple it is in fact the locals chota temple which has so much revenue it supports the braishwara oh, wow I didn't know that. okay it is the power of the deity inside that makes the temple <clears throat> big or small or whatever number one number two if you do not want to go think of this as minimum support price the farm laws that yeah. the government bought but we are also maintaining minimum support price if you want to stay so stay Okay, You know, uh, 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 Tirupati has all these, uh, what they have, uh, engineering colleges, no, Stephen yeah. College yes. and this and that. There are franchisee colleges here and there. You open up franchisee temples here and there so that you can support the local community and things like that. If you don't get support, you can go back to government control and get support out of taxes. You can look at the German tight system for uh, support. There are all kinds of things you can do. You know, in Germany, people don't realize this, but there is a tax on Every person which goes direct to the church, you
1: can opt out,
3: it's kind of you can opt out of, but then you don't get admission to the schools and things run of by that, that particular
1: church. Catholic or whatever.
3: Yeah, so you know, these centers mm. remember religion is also about education, you have a mi- common minimum, uh, uh CBSE. Uh, <laughs> But you add the religious education specific to each temple that it teaches in its temple schools, where people going to those temples are prioritized for admission and things like that. Mm. Okay, these are all things that you need to do. There is so many things. This can be boss. This can not only this can be turned into a booming support system for Hindus. People don't realize this.
0: Right now, we're talking
3: about reservation, 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 because it's a small controlled highly controlled part of education. Yeah. It, it opens up education in many temples ways. temples are freed like i i end a kind of trillion dollar that, economy.
0: The end of resources uh, you, that you may invest in. I am guarantee you
3: if you open up temples but but understand open up temples and end caste-based discrimination. Yeah then it becomes a trillion dollar economy because it is market consolidation.
0: Yeah unfortunately the
3: reason don't we don't went on losing for the last thousand years is de urbanization before that when did we when did we ever till about uh, till 1192 when did we not kick out invaders boss Shaka 100 years we kicked them out less than 100 we assimilated them actually we assimilated or we kicked out the greeks we kicked out the greeks some of them
0: we assimilated some we kicked out
3: actually all roads lead to jati varna
0: Birth-based Jati Varna. Our societal problems basically all roads lead to they come,
3: They come, remember, they come entirely from de-urbanization. It is no longer a system that is suited to a reurbanizing urbanizing
1: society. See, it if, is really see, that you, Either you can have a society-based uh, kind of control, you can have polity based control. So, you, as you were saying, some people were saying that Jati Varna helped us defend remain Hindu. That is true. But we were conquered in the first place because oh, the Jani, Jati Varna system yes prevented as some kind of consolidated state entity from repelling those attacks yeah once you are colonized it helps you go insular it helps you go rural it helps you go more uh, completely localized and below basically below the radar mm. and therefore almost an animal like of existence but yes you survived the tradition survived that is true but the question remains why were you colonized for centuries and centuries by so many different people the Turks the British and so on and so forth that is unanswered by this kind of defense of the Jati mapping to Varna system.
0: Yeah. Okay. This is a very good question, right? If a Purohit is a Brahmin, not all Brahmins visiting are allowed into the Garbhagruha. Shouldn't a distinction be drawn between Kartavya and Varna? Absolutely. So long as it is
1: applicable to equally uh, to everybody and there's no birth-based thing. I have to say,
0: questions are very good. See, if somebody
1: is allowed only because of a certain character or uh, nature or the work or he's doing, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that kind of discrimination. Discrimination is only wrong only when it is on the basis of birth amongst Hindus.
0: Okay, one last question before we wrap it up. If Jitni Sankhya is implemented elsewhere, would it prevent these temples from reforming since uh, general categories might feel cornered? How does one bridge this mistrust?
1: See, I think the question, if I'm getting it right, is if in government jobs, etc. the caste census happens and there are more aggressive affirmative action. How does then one do this because people are at least defensively keeping this as quote-unquote theirs? Yeah. And there is a trust chasm. I'm, as, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that's what the... Yeah. See, my point is, again, let's not confuse cause and effect. Whatever we are seeing in terms of affirmative action is because of various errors that we've done in society. Whatever wrong we've done, we can correct it based on our own principles and an old civilization. Mm. Fair enough. But... The, it's not because of what has happened today it has happened what have happened earlier even though in a very imperfect sort of way like SEST quota is very different qualitatively from an obc quota and so on and so forth mm. in terms of creamy layer and otherwise mm. but nonetheless to say that if that becomes more aggressive we will even further more defend casteism in hindu mothers to make to me makes no sense if at all it makes the proponents of the first move uh, more vindicated um, and let's remember, we always forget that this is the Modi government. It's important to mention that whenever we mention caste reservations, EWS has been uh, you know, introduced by the Modi government. It has been approved by the Supreme Court. And it is the first case in which ca- the economically weaker sections amongst the residual classes, the general classes, have gotten affirmative action. So the first step has conceptually been done that eventually the program can pivot from your social identity based on birth to economic need. For that pivot to happen over a generation or two, you needed this first step. The first step of being the EWS quota. Whatever other problems be there with that quota, first step to Narendra Modi's credit and the Supreme Court has now ratified it is there. that Conceptually, we have finally said that income can also be a criteria, not just to exclude on the creamy layer, but to include even if you are born in a so-called general category.
0: So last somebody has said, what about Kedarnath and Badrinath kind of temples? The chief priests are priests are Vireshaiwas from Karnataka and Malayali priests in so many cases. So what about them? Then how do those temples, if everything is freed, how what are what is going to happen there? Status quo is maintained because so they are anyways mixing.
1: Whoever are the priests are will or anyway remain the priest. Nah? So what, what will change? We're talking about the future in any case. Hmm.
0: No, what if some temples are anyways following this? See, quote? I don't
1: know whether they're specifically under the government control or right now. But if the question is, how will future priests be selected? Then again, so long as there is no uh, restriction based on birth. That's all.
2: That's it.
0: That doesn't mean existing priests go away. Why?
1: It's one thing you're being asked to compromise on birth. Can you do that?
0: Then therein
1: lies the problem. So then my question is, if that's the case, who's the one who's holding up temple freedom? Yeah. There's no point saying the BJP is sold out. BJP has many ways of raising revenue. Do not The
3: only thing tensors. being
1: asked is let go
3: of birth as a criteria. That's it. There's this
1: really nothing else to it.
3: You say yes, kal mandir tumhara.
1: and unfortunately some of the loudest temple activists are very clear on this that they oppose it. So my point is then once again, who are the ones who are preventing temple freedom?
2: I am
3: asking you like the Pandavas. 5 gaon de do 5 gaon bhi chahiye. Well said. Ek cheese chahiye. Birth. Get get rid of birth. Bus, You decide if you are going to be Duryodhana or if you are going to be Krishna.
1: Because if that is not compromised on and these mandirs which are right now under government control, then I don't want them to see them denationalized if caste based discrimination continues. Hmm. But I want them to see them freed. So then the question is just of creating this consensus. I think this was not discussed in detail before. So I thank you a lot, Kushal, for organizing this. I thank Anand for earlier doing the space. We need to discuss this more. We need to write about this more. Because I think we're all on the same page that it needs to revert to Hindus. The question is, how do we go about it? Who will the trustees be? How will they be elected? How will they be selected or replaced? How will the priests be appointed or not? These These are questions that we all have in mind. There's no point of putting them under the carpet in the name of uh, being bullied on social media because that has never stopped people like us from saying anything what we want. Mm. and That will never stop us in the future. So this thing has to be taken care of. Take the bull by the horns. It's just one small thing as you mentioned, not even five villages. There's really nothing else. In any case, I can tell you the overall composition of the priesthood will not change for at least 30-40 years. If not longer. So this is simply a matter of uh, zid. And if dead, we'll That's all. Right.
3: Really very simple out here. Ki bhai, We did our end of Hinduism podcast. Do you remember that? Yeah. Unless temples are given back to Hindus, Hinduism cannot survive. Hmm. At the same time, without Hindutva, Hinduism cannot survive. Well, Hindutva is based on eliminating caste differences. It is about creating a political Hindu who views Hinduism as over birth, over jati, over varna, over whatever. Hmm. In order, it is a very easy syncreticism that lends to both. The only thing you have to let go of is this birth. Notice, what is Hindutva? How is Hindu uh, unity under Hindutva been achieved? By overcoming caste through social engineering. Hmm. You want the same thing with temples. Temple privatization is imperative to the survival of Hinduism. Hindutva is equally imperative to the survival of Hinduism. A privatized temple that exacerbates birth-based divisions serves nobody.
1: You know, one of the first things uh, this government did in Jammu and Kashmir, one of the first things, that maybe as late as early this year, after 370 was effectively abrogated, was introduce the incentives for intercaste marriages in Jammu and Kashmir Union Territory for, of course, Hindus, for a non-SC Hindu marrying an SC Hindu, man or woman or vice versa. Imagine that kind of quote-unquote social engineering that Abhijit mentioned was now being done in Kashmir after Hindutva gained power to remove 370. Yeah. Whereas earlier, many of the Valmiki Hindus there were being treated, unfortunately, literally like shit. Many Punjabi and other Hindus from Jammu and across who had come, who had come here, they could vote in national elections, they could not vote in assembly elections. So they had kind of limited franchise in that sense. All these things were done based on Hindu consolidation and anything that comes in the way should not be be encouraged. Of course, with the caveat that no ritual whatsoever will ever be sacrificed. Only if there is a birth-based component to the who does the ritual and that also an exclusive birth-based component, that is the only thing that is being discussed here. I, I want to be very clear. There is no homogeneity. People often say this is homogeneity. Homogeneity, kaise, bhai? There are, you literally have thousands of gods. You have millions of gods or various permutation combinations, various local forms thereof. How can there be homogeneity in Hinduism in the same family? Somebody else is worshipping Ganesh. Somebody else is Krishna Bhakt. Somebody is a Shiv Bhakt. There is no question. Hinduism by or, definitionally plural. So that's, don't deliberately confuse people by saying that removing this caste-based criterion makes Hinduism homogeneous. No. In fact, it will make the various Pant and Sampradayas more colorful, more uh, interesting, and more actually, they'll be forced to think in terms of what our beliefs are, what we want to promote, as opposed to a default constituency based on Jati being there. In this age, when people are tra- you know moving from one part of India to another, to say, Ni, uh, you must only go to your uh, Gram Devi, you know, my, my Gram Devi is in uh, Mehem Rhotak in Haryana. But I was born in Calcutta. I now live in Mumbai. So I should have no say whatsoever in any Mumbai based mandirs, even if I live here for the rest of my life. I should only connect to my mandir in Mehem I mean, This is a kind of weird uh, arguments people say that oh, you, you have a Sampradaya or Panth, you don't know about it. Once again, 70% Hindus do not identify with Sampradaya or Panth. So this argument that leave it to the Sampradaya or Panth is not connected to reality. You have to involve the broader Hindu society in some way or form. Of course, the rituals will be of that sampradaya and Pant. And
3: let us be clear about <coughs> there are also lots of grifters and freeloaders who are freeloading on all of this. And so I'll tell you you're why. You're giving the definition. This is, yeah, this is so one second. The, the, this was a piece that I think it was Abhinav Prakash who wrote this. Excellent piece. excellent piece. I keep telling people to go back to it. Was it in the Hindustan Times? Hindustan Times. Yes. Uh, give how a Savarkar one. How Savarkar one there have always been three streams within Hindutva. The most irrelevant stream, which has never won an election, never won anything, was the Karpatri Karpatri Maharaj types who are called the trads now. The other two were the progressives who were Savarkar, who wanted social change, shoved down Hindu society's throat. And then there were the conservatives who were the RSS who said, Sab kuch se, hona chahiye, se hona chahiye, We agree but slowly. Slowly. Let us create the groundwork for it. Yeah. And take the whole of society along with us. So here's the point. You can't get it on your terms. You take us along. You take the whole of society along. Or you don't get it. Full stop. Savarkar did not get his way. Karpatri Maharaj did not get his way. The RSS got
0: its way. True. Savarkar won but posthumously. So Not in his lifetime. Yeah. So, to give the definition, so I had said, who is a Hindutva free rider? A person who has nothing to do with the core principles of Hindutva. This person is just a run of the mill bigot who sees Hindutva as the sine qua non of Indian political discourse and jumps ship and free rides on it. But deep down inside, this person disagrees with the core principles of Hindutva, which demand the dilution of caste or Jati Varna, whatever you want to call it and creed based ethnicities and a standard Indian identity. Standard Indian identity does not mean homogenous Indian identity. Hmm. So this person tries to ride the Hindutva wave and then adds the poison pill of bigotry towards different sects.
3: definition का का definition should be no more than
0: a scholarly <laughs> 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 But the
3: definition right definition see
0: but I think the perfect way to end would be there recently a few days ago now I had read an article by Arvin Datar uh, on Ambedkar um, it was a very good article and I wanted to read a particular quote from that article that article called was called remember Ambedkar's warning or the warnings of Baba Sahib. And we'll Mm. end on that.
2: Mm.
0: Quote, Ambedkar expressed the view that castes are anti-national because they bring about separation in social life. They are also anti-national because they generate jealousy and antipathy between castes. Mm. Ambedkar's warnings must make us reconsider whether the present trend of having caste counting exercises or making subcategories within backward castes and scheduled castes to suit political gains are a step in the right direction. Mm. I think everybody needs to, as they say, calm down mm. and understand that this caste thing is not helping Hindu society. If you really care for Hinduism, uh, it's quite clear that sometimes, I don't know how to say this, but whom I like to now call the Hindu writers riders, they don't care for Hinduism. Of course not. They care for their jati. They're not Hindu activists, they're jati activists. They're jati activists and... <clears throat> And I think they should accept what is are. fine.
3: It's so to be what, which is
0: fine. I have no issues Just, with that. Just yeah. don't pretend. And but if, don't wrap
3: it up to be some overarching this thing.
0: Yeah, my, my problem is with people who couch their uh, casteism. And you know, what bothers me even more in many cases is that you want liberalism when it is applied, some things are applied on you personally. Mm. And you want hardline fascistic attitudes. When you want others dealing with you on their life, you want fascistic rules. The
3: rules apply to thee, not to me.
0: Me. So yeah. And on that note, we'll end the podcast. So thank you to both of you, especially Harsh.
3: We only declare our uh, uh, loyalty to the Holy Father Church and Holy Mother Church, and we are peddling the uh, church agenda. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, okay, guys, we'll wrap it up. So go follow Abhijit Harsh on uh, and feel free to
3: abuse us also. Just like the video and uh, feel free to abuse uh, us. Use all kinds of galleys for us, please. और, it helps the algorithm. And
0: how, Baisa? Comment, करो, subscribe, करो, like, and join the membership program. by the merch. It's a discussion. Share it and say, This discussion a good Share
3: This is You can share it and
0: say,
3: good thing. This is a good thing. This is This is a This This
0: This bye.